0: Welcome to The Spirit World, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly.
1: Well, hello there, and welcome to The Spirit World. I am Debbie Giorgiani with co-host, religious demonologist, Adam Bly. Today, we, we will be discussing the role and understanding of the mystical body of Christ. And so, Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael
2: prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him we humbly pray and do thou o prince of the heavenly host by the power of God cast into hell satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls amen In the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen
1: Amen. Okay, we're discussing the role and understanding of the mystical body of Christ today. We are live today on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. So it's a beautiful day uh, to be broadcasting, and we just hope you join us by making a phone call at 877-757-9424. Try to stay on topic with the mystical body of Christ, but we are willing um, to answer questions about angels angels, demons, and everything in between. That's what this show is all about. Um, But we are talking about the the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ. And we do expect your call at 877-757-9424. And Adam, so you're going to begin with the uh, teaching on this, and then I'll jump in with some, um, uh, some scripture passages that kind of reinforce what you're talking about, uh, uh, St. Paul and uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 12. So a lot we're going to be imparting on Facebook, Adam, with resources and places where people can go and, and gather some additional information if they want to do a deep dive on this topic.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of good stuff to cover, but first, Deb, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you this weekend. Happy Mother's Day to my mother, and all the mothers out there.
1: Oh, thank you, Adam. Thank you so much. And yes, I I echo that. Um, and uh, my mom, uh, hopefully, she's in heaven. So I miss my mom, Connie, terribly. She is so amazing. She was an incredible mom of six, grandmother, great. Uh, grandmother. She was incredible and had a great um, sense of humor. She always said, Adam, stay close to Jesus. That was that was her, her famous tagline, stay close to Jesus. And uh, so I miss my mom, but thank you for those wishes. And to all the moms um, that are listening to the spirit world, happy Mother's Day tomorrow. Okay, Adam, so mystical body of Christ.
2: Yeah, so really, this is about what it means to be Christian um how we become Christian and what the Christian life is like. So these are parallels when we're looking at the church as the mystical body of Christ, they're parallels to what it what it is to be a human being, and that is a physical body in union with a soul. So Paul gives us a lot to work with as you mentioned, Deb. So Corinthians chapter twelve is really important because There's a piece there that I think is critical that some Protestant Christians uh, miss depending on how they're interpreting things. But we need to be baptized into the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ. That baptism is taking us out of the kingdom of darkness and out of ownership under Satan that we're born into through original sin and bringing us into and making us literally part of the mystical body of Christ. So baptism, which is a taking in of the Holy Spirit, is what is transforming us and making us Christian. Now, Paul also talks about, and this is also so important, and I I was talking with somebody about this the other day uh, when we were talking about kind of deliverance prayer and, and how some people are called to that and some aren't. Paul talks about not every Christian is the same, Deb, and they don't all do everything. He talks about analogies with the physical body that, you know, the foot is different than the ear, the eye is different than the foot, but they're all dependent on each other. They're all parts of the body that need to be functioning for the whole to do what God intends. And so they're performing different functions, but they relate to each other and they affect each other. And I think we're going to touch on that more later. So if the foot is having a problem or there's an infection or a weakness or something, that's going to be experienced in the rest of the body. And the same thing in the mystical body of Christ. Another thing that Paul touches on, and and this is so important and it kind of touches on clericalism, which, which we've been hearing a lot about these last years, there's no one part of the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, that's less honorable. They're all important. God created us for a reason. He created us and gave us a function in life, a job to do spiritually. And all of those jobs are important. We shouldn't think that, oh, I'm a lay person or it's my role to be in a a married situation and, and have a family and think that that's less important or honorable before God. As Christians, we are all honorable before God and all of our roles are really important. Now, we're moving towards this idea, this parallel, as we said, between the body and the soul. So Paul is talking about the institution of the church in part of this reading. And, you know, again, Corinthians 12, chapters 12 to 31. He's talking about the institution side, and he says, look, Jesus instituted the apostles. He gave them a role, and he placed them in authority over the faithful. And that is part of the institution of the the church. And then in addition to that institutional role, there are some spiritual gifts that he gave to the church. Tongues, um, uh, charism for deliverance and exorcism in the very early church existed, other people did miracles of different types, people interpreted tongues, which is a piece that's often missing today. And so we have this beautiful role in the church that sometimes is administrative and in, in the body, and the formal like worldly structure of the church. Sometimes it's spiritual and miraculous where the mystical is coming into the world. And sometimes it's both, Deb. You know, we have popes that are saints. And so there are popes where miracles had happened uh, through their intercession. And so there's this beautiful kind of intersection that can occur. And that's basically where we're seeing the miraculous. Do you have any thoughts on that, Deb?
1: Oh yeah, I have many thoughts. Uh, as you know, Adam, we talked about this that the mystical body of Christ and the and the understanding of it and the role we play in in the body of Christ um, you know, we have to, we have to understand it from many angles. And I would just, I would just go back on something you said earlier, Adam, when you were talking about, uh, first Corinthians chapter 12, I would just encourage our listeners to read, uh, the whole entire chapter 12, very important. Um, and really be in a good, uh, uh space when you're reading it and understand where, where, how you fit in and how you are, you know, they, they, they talk about, you know, in the creed, um, it talks about the church is, is one. It's not uniform, but it's unified. And it's important for us to understand when we enter into this very uh, deep mystical concept, right, um, that we, we understand that we play a significant role through our, um, just by being, you know, baptized into the body of Christ, but also the gifts we bring or the gifts we take away. You know, and I mean, we look. We can look at it from all different angles. So, I just want to encourage our listeners to please read uh, First Corinthians chapter twelve, the whole chapter. I mean, there's it go. It, it, there's a lot there, but just read the whole thing. I would. I would recommend. What do you What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, you touched on something really beautiful there, Deb. Not all the gifts are kind of the very exciting and, and um, unusual things like tongues, right? We don't want to think that, oh, you know, God doesn't like me or I'm deficient because, you know, there's not, I'm not doing healings and speaking in tongues and getting prophecy. That's so important. There are just regular gifts in the sense of like teaching, consolation, charity, uh you know strong virtues that are given to us through baptism and so it may be somebody's mission to have you know an incredible ministry of teaching and and that's how the holy spirit is moving through them and affecting the church in the world and we shouldn't feel deficient like oh that's not as exciting that also is a gift and so it's kind of a continuum from the completely worldly structure that we say, oh, that's an administrative function that person is doing, through into teaching and preaching that could be a blend of their learning and the Holy Spirit inspiring them. And then we have the more miraculous end on that continuum where we're talking about you know, unusual manifestations like we have talked about in the past on the show, you know, people levitating, um, people receiving the stigmata, uh, doing you know, these kind of mighty miracles. Okay, I I see we already have some people uh, starting to call in, which is great. So let's move on quickly. In Paul's letter to the Colossians, I think this is an important piece, Deb, that sometimes we miss, especially from some Protestant perspectives. 1.18, Jesus is the head of that body. He instituted the church, and he is the head of it. Now, why is that important? We then look at Colossians 2.18 to 20 to understand why that's important. Here is Paul is warning us to beware of false teachers, encouraging things like the worship of angels, encouraging people to follow their visions as opposed to following the church and following a, a proper understanding in the scripture. Uh, Also, people, and I'm paraphrasing, encouraging, you know, those to follow them almost like an idol, like that they're special, as opposed to looking for proper understanding from the church. So when we make this error of forgetting that Jesus is the head and we start turning to others is where we kind of are deviating away from the true mystical body of Christ.
1: Okay, you hear the music, so that's a good place to just uh, stop right there. And we come back, we're going to go right to the calls. Uh, Deacon Paul is up first. You can join him by dialing 877-757-9424. We're talking about the mystical body of Christ today on the spirit world. Please stay with us.
3: Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic with Bible Study. St. John Paul II called for a new evangelization, an act of love meant to reintroduce all the faithful to the love of Jesus Christ. This act of love has never been more urgent. In his work, The Judgment of Nations, historian Richard Dawson notes, The hope of the world rests in the last resort, On the existence of a spiritual nucleus of believers who are bearers of the seed of unity. If we have faith in the power of the Spirit, we must believe that even these evils can be conquered. For the powers of the world are blind powers which are working in the dark. They are powerless against that Spirit who is the Lord and Giver of life, and against those higher powers of spiritual understanding and love, which are the essential gifts of the Holy Spirit. The battle for the world is first and foremost spiritual. Are you ready for battle today?
0: Catholic Way
2: Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org.
0: The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com.
1: Thanks so much for staying with us on The Spirit World as we talk about the role and understanding of the mystical body of Christ. A lot to cover here, and I know that, Adam, you did a great job giving us a uh, the presentation on the body of Christ, uh, I hope our listeners um, really do uh, go into an extensive deep dive, like we, we say, uh, to really get a, a better grasp on it. It is, it is very big. It's um, amazing. And when we really understand our role in the mystical body of Christ, it takes on a whole new level of responsibility, right, Adam? So is there anything else you want to cover before we go to Deacon Paul?
2: You know, just really briefly, Deb, um, people can also read the Catechism uh, Entry 771, and that kind of parallels what, what we were saying there, and it's good to explore that because it summarizes so much. But there we, we read that, you know, the church is a combination of the physical community of faith and also the spiritual community and it's where those two interact i think where we see glimpses of the truth of the mystical body of christ in the miracles that we talk about particularly eucharistic miracles healing uh, deliverance and exorcism and then you know the more uh, kind of exciting ones like levitation and the stigmata and the apparitions these all emerge out of the union of the spiritual and mystical side of things along with the institution the physical community And so it's that parallel with us as people, with the body and the soul. It's just a beautiful kind of parallel that God does in creation. So I just wanted to encourage people to read the Catechism also.
1: Beautiful. Okay. Uh, we get a lot of, uh, homework assignments, uh, with the spirit world. So I love that. It's like a a virtual catechism class and, and, you know, religious education. I love that formation. Okay. Let's go to Deacon Paul in Santa Barbara, California. And, um, he's listening online. Deacon Paul, welcome to the spirit world. Hello, Deacon. Okay, I can't quite. Let's have um, Taylor uh, pick up the line and and make sure we can hear Deacon Paul. He's calling from California and uh, we we want to hear from him because he's been listening for about a year. And uh, so we'll we'll have Taylor see um, if we can uh, reconnect with Deacon Paul from Santa Barbara, California. By the way, that area of California is absolutely gorgeous. May I just say that? That is so beautiful, where where um, where Deacon Paul lives. Okay, well, let's go back to a little bit more about the Catechism as we are getting um, Deacon Paul reconnected with us. Um, why don't you share a little bit more about why um, it's it is important for our listeners to always? You know, I think it's it's important. I, I've said this many times in in adult formation classes, Adam, that to have a a hard copy of the catechism. I mean, the online catechism is fantastic, okay? But to have a hard copy um, and that's dusted off that you use, right? And um, the the Bible, okay, next to it. And maybe some books that can help, um, you know, for the interpretation of things. um, That would be wonderful. And then always go to the catechism. I, I like to go to the catechism first because it gives you that baseline understanding of these concepts. What do you say to that?
2: Oh, for sure. And and in addition to that, of course, as we always do these things in layers on the show, we want to remember, you know, Scripture's the foundation. The Catechism is kind of the magisterium interpretation of that that also works in the Church Fathers' writings of the saints. And then, you know, we layer on top of that kind of private revelation. But also, we have some beautiful letters, encyclicals from various popes. And I, I wanted to touch on one, Deb, if if it's okay. Absolutely. Paul the Sixth wrote a really wonderful letter on the mystical body of Christ in 1943, and we'll have a link to this put up, but it's Mystici Corporis Christi, the mystical body of Christ. Now, 1943, remember, World War II is raging at the time, okay? And people's regular lives have been really rocked in Europe. A lot of people have lost all of their worldly comforts. And the church, of course, sees things globally. So in this letter, and the reason I wanted to touch on this, Deb, is because a lot of us today, we feel anxious about the world. We feel anxious about the wars going on and whether they're going to spread and become world wars and all of these things. So Paul gives us some guidance, I think, that could help us now. Okay, paraphrasing. First off, he points out that when vanity and the love of worldly things is taken away by these difficult times, that is usually when people turn to spiritual comforts in life. And so during that war, during that time of uncertainty, people are turning more and more to the church and looking for guidance because they no longer have that kind of comfortable worldly experience of like everything's taken care of. I don't have to worry about everything. Everything's just about my pleasure. Um, and, and there's abundance. You know, And that touches on the, you know, there's no atheist in foxholes idea. Okay. Now, he then also talks about in times of human division, our unity as Christians is what unites us. Now, there's a beautiful reason he's saying that during World War II. There was countries that were at war and communities and cultures that were at worldly war with each other. But their Christianity, their participation in the mass, their participation in the sacraments, It was the one thing that would bind them and give them a sense of uh, human unity with others. Being in that mystical body of Christ was a very beautiful thing that was helpful to the, the average person during that time. Okay, now he talks about two things coming during these difficult times. There can be a false rationalism or a nationalism, and that is basically interpreting the world and your life, As only physical, being very kind of uh, dismissing the spiritual and, and the spiritual realities and taking that extreme. And, you know, again, we're going back to that parallel body and soul, institution and the mystical body of Christ. He says people will tend to swing either to that rationalism and see things purely as physical, or they'll swing to a false mysticism where they'll take the spiritual in a disordered way as being everything in. The only thing that's necessary. Now, what is what is that touching on, Deb? And I think I I think I see this a lot today. Also, that is when the person, you know, the false mystic says, you know, you don't need the church. I've got direct access to God. Uh, my personal subjective spiritual experiences are all that I need. I don't need the church, I don't need the mass, I don't need you to in- interpret scripture for me because I have a direct experience that makes all that useless to me. And he warns about going down either of these two in an extreme way. You don't want to make the church a social services you know, organization, like right, a, like right. a charitable organization, and you don't want to say it's a purely mystical thing between me and Jesus and I don't need the church. We need this beautiful balance between the two mm-hmm. and allowing the mystical body to actually function. Does that mm-hmm. make sense?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Well said. I hope our listeners are getting a lot out of this um, episode today. It's very important to Adam and I to really um, explore the mystical body of Christ from many angles so that we can we can better enter into um, what we are expected to do, what we should be doing, and our role is... is is important, is important to God. Always remember that. Okay, we got Deacon Paul back. I'm just wondering in uh, Santa Barbara if he's enjoying that beautiful weather. Maybe that's why he didn't hear me the first time. Hello, Deacon Paul. Welcome.
4: Hi, good morning. Uh, yes, uh, you talked about the mystical body of uh, Christ, and the one thing I found out is how important baptisms are, because uh, um, I heard uh, Father Martin talk about that if you're not uh, Christ's uh, child, then Belong to the other uh, entity, and it was really sad because uh, I had a couple experiences. where having to deal with people who were Catholic who hadn't gotten their children baptized, and I went to do some holy ble- to do some blessings of the house, and come to find out the children weren't uh, baptized. And as soon as we got them baptized, everything had cleared up. So it made a big, big difference. And I do, uh, uh, I would say, uh, ask the parents, grandparents. Definitely get their children baptized. Uh, It is very important. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I see that too in cases, Deb, and and thank you, Deacon, for for that comment. I've seen that many times where there'll be a troubled house, um, you know, or a troubled person and getting everybody baptized. And, and of course, you know, the person needs to want to be baptized if they're the age of reason. We don't treat it like a magical kind of ritual and say, well, I'll go do that thing because that'll that'll protect me from this problem. It needs to be a choice uh, between you and Jesus and, and wanting to be in union with him in that in that special way. But it is certainly a, a powerful step uh, to move us towards basically grace. It, it's opening the door and bringing grace in. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Wow, Deacon. Anything else you wanted to talk about today? Because you're you're clergy, and it's very important. Um. What well, you, what what
4: you, so
1: what you do? Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Enjoy that beautiful weather, that California weather. Everybody's everybody's uh, sending in messages saying it's about seventy degrees in California right now. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you yeah god bless you god
1: bless you deacon thank you for listening (laughs) to to the spirit world for about a year now so thank you for that
4: (laughs) thank you (laughs) i love your
1: show thank you Aw, thank you all right take care Uh, that was deacon paul from california and uh so there's room for you he just freed up a phone line um uh, please call in and um make uh, your comment or have a question. If you want to discuss, you know, maybe what you're doing right now in, in in the church, you know, your ministry work, or maybe you're you're at home praying a lot and you're thinking, am I helping out the body of Christ? Am I contributing? And am I building up the body of Christ? Of course you are. So may, call in right now. We are live today, 877 757 9424 877 and Adam if I may say this I we're, we we are getting um some calls coming in of of people having um situations in their homes with their, with their marriages or their families, and they're not quite sure, you know, uh, how to navigate that, you know, if it's not really on topic for today, that's okay. You know, you can always get uh, a free consultation at standtalltoday.com, standtalltoday.com. Uh, just, uh, uh if you want to, um, you know, choose, choose me uh, on the website there, um, I'll happily talk to you and maybe we can point you in the right direction because Adam and I talk, um, you know, pretty much every every day <laughs> so we're in we're in communication so please just know that i and there's a lot of things going on with families right now we understand that so it feel free to or tim tim will happily give you that website again when you um when you call in by the way we have to acknowledge our incredible show team tim mott and taylor van est wow you guys are amazing you make us sound so good Um, on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So thank you so very, very much. Um Adam, uh you hear the music. We're gonna hold it right there and, and take some more calls when we come back. Um please dial in. This is a perfect time when we take this little break. It's a great time for you to make your call. You'll speak to Tim. He's wonderful to talk to. Sometimes I just talk to him because I can. And um he will put you on hold. You'll get to listen live and you can ask your question or comment about the mystical body of Christ. Number to dial is 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. We'll be right back.
3: Contact us at StandTallToday.com.
4: Did Jesus ever claim to be God? Or did his followers later come to think he was divine, like it was for the Buddha? Critics of Christianity affirm the latter. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, the idea of Jesus' divinity had to have come from Jesus himself because it doesn't make sense that faithful monotheistic Jews, which just out of the blue, begin thinking a man was God. Second, the Gospels record Jesus saying things that suggests His divinity. For example, He applies the divine name, I Am, to Himself in John 8, verse 58. Mark 2, 5-7 tells us Jesus merited the charge of blasphemy by claiming to have power to forgive sins so jesus claimed to be god that's a fact but should we believe him well that's a question for some other time i'm corlo Brusord with a ready reason for catholic answers catholic.com
0: The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com.
1: Okay, we're going back to the phones because uh, we have almost full phone lines. There is one open phone line just for you. If you want to ask a question on the Spirit World, we're waiting for you at 877 757 9424. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. We're trying to grow the family there at the Spirit World Podcast. Also, um, you can always email us because uh, the uh, last week, the last weekend, last Saturday of the month, Adam, we will be doing our mailbag open forum show. So we do expect some emails to come in and we do have a growing list um, already on the show document, which is great, but we'd like to add your email. So you can always email us at TSW, that stands for the spirit world, TSW at GRN. That stands for Guadalupe Radio Network, grnonline.com, okay? So don't forget, folks, email us or go on Facebook, make a comment. We'll pick it up there and put it on uh, the document for the mailbag show. So whatever works for you. And also the podcasts are at grnonline.com. Slash Spirit World. Okay, Adam, I did all the housekeeping. Let's go back to the phones if that's okay with you. Elvi- Elvira is up next in Amarillo, Texas. Um She is is waiting so patiently. Elvira, welcome to the Spirit World.
5: Hello, Elvira. Hello. Hello. Yes. Welcome. Thank you so much. Um. I, uh. Uh. I know that, that I believe in the, the spirit world because it's so important. It does take uh, take a hold of your family and your children and your husband. My husband is very sensitive, and he got so upset. She just left, and I know it's not it's not a good thing. So somebody told me that I needed to try to uh, keep prayers up for those spirits to. Uh, leave our home, leave my husband. I already, I think I did. So should I use holy water? Or what can you suggest for me to get rid of uh, those evil spirits in our marriage?
2: Okay, Elvira, so of course, um, we, You know, can't be sure how much of that is kind of social and psychological and how much of that is spiritual. There's always some spiritual layer to to problems in life. But so I would say, first off, you want to cover the mundane, you know, try to get into marital counseling, try to seek some outside perspective from somebody qualified. But if there is really signs of a spiritual problem, work with your priest in that area And if your priest is less comfortable with that type of thing, call your your diocese central office and ask if there's somebody in the diocese, a priest that's trained up in that area. You know, start by getting the home blessed. Uh, the epiphany blessing of the threshold is a wonderful thing to do and yeah you want to use holy water just on a regular basis not out of fear but have some at home and 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 use that at home and then for your husband he really needs to make the choice if he wants to you know seek out prayer for something it sounds like maybe he's not there Um, I think I heard you say that he left so you know If he's not making that choice, the most powerful prayer we have is the Mass. So if you could, you know, talk with your priest about a Mass intention for your husband to receive the grace, um, you know, in whatever he needs. I don't know if, if, if he needs to see things clearly. I don't know if there's a spiritual problem, um, or even if it's just a, an emotional problem between the two of you, just the grace for your marriage to be healed. The Mass is the most powerful prayer we have. I wouldn't approach this in a fearful way, being thinking and being fearful of evil spirits. I would just bring as much grace as possible in, and then let the priest determine whether there's signs of evil spirits.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, Elvira, um, sound, does thank that sound
5: good to you? Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Yes, I love it. Thank you very much. And God bless you. And um, mm-hmm. I'll, I hope we can find peace. Thank you yes. so
1: much. Yes, God peace. Bless you. Absolutely. Elvira, thank you so much for listening to The Spirit World. And thank you um, for listening to St. Valentine Radio in Amarillo, Texas. Have a beautiful and blessed weekend. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk good. soon. Alrighty. Beautiful. That was a beautiful call. She's a beautiful soul. And I love that. You know, I think so many of us, we, we struggle in our, in our relationships and, and, and our interactions with people. We want the best for, you know, we want that. You see, I loved how she said, I want that peace. You know, we want, we crave that peace, you know, and who is the Prince of Peace? Right, uh, Jesus Christ, folks. So that's why it's so important for you to enter into the body of Christ in a very healthy, wholesome way, and and to understand, um, to tap into the body of Christ. Remember, you're depositing, and you're also, um, you know, taking away from the body of Christ based on your 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 actions. Right. So it's very important we understand the role, your role in the body of Christ, uh, to really to really have it function well. So let's hear um what uh pat uh, let's go to lydia lydia is up next i'm so so sorry pat hang on uh pat hang on in buffalo new york we're going to go to lydia and lydia is in um west texas listening on guadalupe radio network hello lydia hello lydia Lydia, are you there
6: hello Yes. yes
1: hello welcome to the spirit world
6: uh thank you uh my question to you is like i was telling tim is i am in adoration and i'm literally sitting right in front of the altar in the front of the blessed sacrament and i just feel like i felt an experience there and i don't know how to explain it but it's kind of like i was not in like in my own strength like and i don't want to say like i was lifeless but just literally uh, I don't know what word to use. I don't want to use that I was weak because I was literally having conversation with him, but I don't know how to what word to use to say what I was experiencing while I was there. And while I was there, I literally felt like something just pulled from out of me. And I don't know... What, what exactly that was?
2: I okay. mean, it was
6: a beautiful experience sitting there in front of the Blessed Sacrament. But I don't know how to explain it to people because it was a beautiful thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, Lydia, that's that's a you know a great comment and, and question. Touches on a lot of important points. So first off, whenever we have an unusual experience, sounds like this is a positive experience. We want to take that to our priest. That's part of what your priest's job is, is to shepherd you through life. And and if you're having what might be um, kind of a mystical experience in adoration, you know, first off, if that's the case, praise God, that's wonderful. But you want to submit that to your priest and put it under, yes, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and what did they say?
6: One of them said that he wanted to share what my story was, but... I don't know literally what the word is for me to say, what I experienced. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I love I love going to confession to him because I feel like he's literally seeing deep down in my heart. And when I go to confession to him, I usually don't sit in a chair. I kneel in front of him, and I literally start feeling the way I feel like I'm in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and I'm literally like,
2: down on the floor. Okay. So, you know, of course, theologically, we understand that when we go to confession, it's Jesus that is listening to our sins and Jesus that is forgiving us. The priest is just a, an intermediary, but really we yeah. are going directly to Jesus. And so in that sense, it makes sense that you feel the same way that you do at adoration. Just make sure, you know, your priest is comfortable with you kneeling or if you're prostrate, make sure the priest is comfortable with that. And if he gives you guidance to sit in the chair, just be obedient to that. Um but I would say, Lydia, you know, given your two comments, I would strongly encourage you, if you can find one, get a spiritual director. He
6: a spirit. one.
2: Okay. Uh, see if he'll take you on. Has he taken you on as a directee? Some, as he, a what? A directee, meaning he's going to give you direction as a spiritual okay. child. Has he taken you on?
6: I He lives two hours away, and I okay. go to him and visit him when I can.
2: Okay, maybe you could do it over Zoom or Skype or something like that. But I would say, Lydia, in order to get at the truth of what you're experiencing, you need a spiritual director, and and probably more than just visiting once in a while. Somebody that you can go to once every couple weeks, uh, even if it's virtual, that's okay. It's better to be in person, but be virtual. Somebody that you can really unpack your whole story with, and so they can see this and, and help you judge these experiences and put them in good context. We can't do that for you over the radio because it's so brief, but I don't hear anything really disordered in what you're saying so far. Uh, it sounds like that first event at, at Adoration may have been a deliverance from you know some minor spiritual problem being pulled away. Uh, I have, you know, I have. It's encal- been more
6: than once.
2: Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean,
6: I mean, more than once that I, like, I was in the back of the chapel, literally on the floor, and I was went in there at seven, and I, I don't want to say I was unconscious, but by the time, right, I really was to myself. I was in front of the altar, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, when I was sitting at the very back of the.
2: Chapel. Okay, and and Lydia, this could be you know what is referred to in the literature of the church is like a divine ecstasy where the person becomes so transfixed by God that they lose touch with the spiritual world and they lose touch with time. But I'm not saying that that's definitely what happened. Your spiritual director needs to help you figure that out. But it could be um, the other thing, Lydia, and this is helpful for everybody when we're judging potential mystical experiences or miracles see how your heart feels during and after look at the fruits of it if it causes anxiety or confusion it's not of god if the fruits of it are peace understanding love insight you know patience charity etc that's an indication that it's from god so you you shouldn't be in distress after these events it's okay to be a little confused but your heart should be at peace
6: it is at peace and it seems like the scripture Readings are even more open to me, okay. but I feel like in my own home I can't share because I don't think they feel the same way I do or won't understand.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let me comment on that, Lydia. Um First of all, you're not alone. Okay, and Scripture talks about that as well. Um, so you, this is really your your journey. This is your experience. This is your path. And and the best the best thing you can do is just live it out. And and they will be drawn into how you. Um, how you express yourself, your disposition, the way you conduct yourself, your family members will be drawn into that, and then they'll they'll be on that quest themselves. So so I know it it feels alone, but welcome to uh, our world. Okay, it's just the way it is. Um, you know, everybody's got a different, unique spiritual journey, path, pace. Um, so be at peace with that. But I loved your answer to Adam, Lydia. You were sharing how um, you know it does it it doesn't cause you. Any any distress, it doesn't. It it's actually helping you to go deeper and to explore um, um, the gospel message in a, in a in a much more profound way. I would say go with that, roll with that, and 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 see how, what the good Lord you know has in store for you. That that would be that would be my suggestion. What do you think, Adam?
2: Yeah. The final thing, Lydia, um, you could try keeping a diary. And that mm-hmm. could later down the road, the diary could be very useful to a spiritual director to see the ju- your journey and, and the, what God is doing with you. So in that diary, your reflections on the scripture, or your, your experiences, make notes from those, because also it goes back to what you said about your family. Six months, a year from now, your family might be open to this, and then you might be comfortable sharing that diary. So you don't have to feel now like maybe, oh, I'm going to lose, you know, memory of this experience, and I didn't share it with my family. If it's in the diary, you both can then look at it later if God is bringing them along, and and that's a good thing to do.
1: I love
6: that. I've already been suggested to do it, even Mm -hmm. if it's a journal, to write Mm -hmm. something, and I've been doing that.
1: Good, good. Does that bring you some peace, Lydia?
6: Uh, it makes me feel that at least I'm in the right direction.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. And I just found out some interesting news. I always love where our listeners are calling from, and I know you're listening to Guadalupe Radio Network, but I understand uh, your city, is it's called Rotan, and it's between uh, Midland and Austin. Wow, beautiful.
6: Actually, it's... A very small town, very Very small small. town. There's only one red light here, and what has inspired and deepened my faith is that I at least can see the channel of EWTN. Nice. And Mother Angelica was Mm -hmm. a big, big part of it. Yes, yes.
1: Absolutely. We couldn't agree more. Thank you, Lydia, for listening to the Spirit World, and have a beautiful and blessed weekend, okay? You too. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. You as well. God bless you. Thank you. Okay, so Pat has been waiting so patiently, gets our, our wonderful, I like to give, we, we give virtual patience awards out at, on take two with Jerry and Debbie. And so since I'm, I'm half of Jerry and Debbie, I'm going to give that virtual patience award to Pat in Buffalo, New York, listening on the Station of the Cross. Hello, Pat. Welcome.
5: Hello, Pat. Hi. Hi. Happy, feast of Our Lady. Happy Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Yes,
1: yes, I know what a beautiful day. I love and look forward to May 13th. So, Pat, what is your question or comment?
5: Okay, okay. I am in a business which, uh, part of what we do, we represent a product, a company, and we, um, we do recruit other people in that would like to represent the product in the company. And there is, Um, a couple that teaches us about the product, about how to represent naturally. You could call it a supervisor, but they do a lot of teaching. And in the course of this, I see that, especially the gentleman, he will say things like, just put it out there to the universe and you'll be successful and what you think is, is what you are and what you become. And he talks about yoga and a couple other, um, which are practices. I don't. I can't even tell you the name because, actually, once I heard him say, "Does everyone know what this is?" and I, I, I turned it off. But um, I am very self-conscious about bringing people to this. He's he's a wonderful person, but I, I am afraid that. Someone might be drawn in to that kind of thinking that is devoid of the one true God. Right, right. And so I I thought of a couple possibilities. You can maybe give me some ideas. I thought of trying to get stronger myself and form a group that I could keep at least neutral. I, I believe in business you should really try to reflect that but you know mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. somewhat neutral unless unless people are talking about it or asking about your beliefs but anyway i sure. need your help here
1: Okay. Okay. No problem. Um, Pat, I've heard this before many times. Um, I do corporate trainings. Um, I'm a life coach. I've been a life coach for over 20 years. And so I also go into, uh, different organizations to help, um, you know, do the structure of, of different roles and, and different responsibilities and what they're trying to put out there in the public. And, um, and I, um, I just wanted to say that, um, it's, what you're experiencing is is very common in the in the corporate world or in the secular world in in business. Um, it, people are bringing those new age techniques into the workplace because they've heard them on um, various shows and there's, you know, new age gurus all over the place on talk shows, giving these little tips and principles that everybody can make uh, uh, things so much better if they put it out to the universe or the power of of intention or the power of this, the power of that. It's always the power, the power, the power. And um, what I would suggest is uh, first, uh, you know, as for how to respond when you're you're hearing this um, I would actually internally pray as this person is sharing because clearly he's he's just bought into that that whole new age kind of concept and I would just um, you know pray for him that he can he can be um, you know enlightened uh, to, to understand that that's a, a direction that he probably doesn't want to continue to to that path to go to, to go on um, so I, I would do that first as a way to just kind of give yourself you know peace as you're hearing this okay so that's number one number two I would just if you if you have if you can do this without it jeopardizing your job I would sit down with him and just say listen I fully understand um, that that um, you're you are Techniques you've learned them. You probably have seen even some success with it because some people say they do. They they have a success with it. Okay, um, but you can just simply state that in your belief. You know those are new age techniques that that would um, would be better off um, if he would just keep it to himself and use more just general practical tips and tools for marketing and, and, and things like that. You could do that in a very gentle way. You could, and if you have a really close relationship with them, you could really sit down with them and just say, you know, I want to just share with you that, that this is very offensive to me as a Christian. And I'll tell you why. And, and, and if he's open to it, he may be, he may, you know, he, Something new might pop into his his brain, and then his heart, and then he'll realize that maybe he's going down a path that could be dangerous for himself. But any which way you look at it, there's ways um, to to uh, work around it. But I can tell you, Pat, that is it's very common in the business world. I said a lot, um, but I, I, as you can tell, I deal with this um, quite often. So any comments first, and then I'll and then I'll toss it over to Adam for his remarks. <laughs> Any any comments, Pat? No, no, darling, no. What? what you, okay, so what do you? What? You know,
5: what? I'm just listening. I, I'm just listening. I just, um, I my major concern is for, um, just not leading people uh, who I may not know their spiritual background. Mm-hmm. I may know. And if I do know that they're Christian or Catholic, I preface it. I say, very good person, he's a good teacher, but he leans towards the, this philosophy. I warn them. But for people who are leaning that way anyway, or have nothing, they have no, uh, anchor, they might be drawn in and become more into the new age movement, and I don't want to lead people there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that—that that is the problem, right there, Adam.
2: Yeah, Pat. So I, I think in this case, for the Christians, especially for the Catholic Christians, go and get uh, Jesus Christ, the bearer of the water of life, which is a Vatican document mm-hmm. that talks that talks about the new age. Um, And share that with them. And then with him, I would just encourage them to not share any kind of pseudo religious philosophy at all. Just keep it business. And that way, you know, keep it just, uh, yeah, keep it secular. uh, Because really, as you say, he's planting the seeds for them to move towards a new age. Um, So I, I agree with you, maybe just remove all philosophy and religion from it and keep it business.
5: I am willing to give i i really love the product i really think it's a helpful product Mm -hmm. and i would like to continue but at the same by the same token we're called Mm
4: -hmm.
5: we're called to suffer we're called to reject things of the world that we have to reject i've had to do it before and so that that was what i was wondering and i i'm going to probably uh, after talking with you i'm going to try to work around it i may Mm -hmm. try i don't know how i don't know him that well to try to educate him but i have a feeling that he was possibly a catholic because of Mm -hmm. his last name okay well then
1: well then pat uh, pat you know what you hear the music we'll pray for that keep us posted please um yes absolutely Okay. God bless you. Um, uh, Rich and the others, we won't get to you today, but uh, there's always next Saturday. And what an amazing uh, show today, Adam, on uh, the mystical body of Christ. Wow. I love it. We love The Spirit World listeners. Please like us on Facebook at The Spirit World Podcast. For Adam Bly, I'm Debbie Giorgiani, wishing you a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.